uh, Todd here from Dangerous Memories. I'm uh, I'm excited. I'm enthralled because I'm with one of the greatest uh, front men of this or any generation, uh, Brett Detter. How are you today? I'm awesome. How are you? Excellent. Thank you for asking. Um, one of one of my biggest memories of you is I met you at the Worcester Palladium once, and my friend John Nelson and I asked you what it's like to be the greatest man alive, and then you said, I don't know, you have to ask Johnny Cash. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. I just wanted to get that right out of the way. That sounds like a, that sounds like a good answer. <laughs> now, I'm assuming Johnny Cash is a big influence on you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the whole coming out with a record that's, that's obviously a, a roots record, a Americana, old school country kind of record. Cash was the original person in that sort of genre of music that I got into and from there it was kind of I say he was the gateway drug that kind of brought me into a you know so many different artists and that whole world of music in in general but yeah Cash was a a major musical influence on my life for sure um the album's Bird and the Tangle is it is it a type of album you've always wanted to do it's the type of album I've wanted to do for about eight years um probably before then, I didn't have any interest in country music or really in folk music or anything like that. But about you know about eight years ago, I started becoming obsessed with that kind of music, and that's pretty much what I've wanted to do since then. Because so. it is like vastly different from the Juliana Theory uh, or anything I've really heard you on before then. But it's like it's incredible. It's such a different sound for you, but like everything about it, I love. Thank you so much. That's awesome. I was curious because everything sounds different about like even the writing and even your voice sounds completely different on Burn Tangle. I think you know a casual listener wouldn't even know it was you. Is there something you did differently on the Burn the Tangle? I've heard that a lot about my voice and I and I take that as a great compliment. Um honestly I sang with my natural voice. The voice that I was sing with if I wrote a song and I and I was sitting in a living room or in my bedroom or something and if I just sing naturally, that's really the voice that comes out. And with the theory, I was in, you know, it's like you got three loud electric guitars and you're trying to project over them. And the band started out and I didn't really know how to sing. And we had a, we didn't really have a good PA. And so I just tried to project my voice. And and through all of that, I think I formed a lot of bad habits as well as just uh, the voice that, the band became known for was somewhat of a contrived voice. I had to do a lot of work to get my voice to sound the way it was in the band. Whereas on my solo record, that's just really what I sound like when I'm not trying too hard. So it's just a different approach, basically. Yeah, because it's, it's fantastic. fantastic. I mean, oh, you can hear me. Really Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's it's so different sounding, but like I said, I, I just love everything about it. Your voice is fantastic in this album. Not to say that it's bad in Juliana Theory. I mean, clearly, I loved Juliana Theory. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, what, what, actually, what influenced you in the Juliana Theory? Like, what made you start with the Juliana Theory? Well, really, the band, we, we started the band. It was a total, it was more or less a joke. I remember I was in Guitar Lab with Josh Fiedler, and that was a class we had in high school in my senior year. It's basically an excuse to play guitar when you should be in math class or something like that. You know, I should have been in trig, and I and I got to sit around and play guitar. And I remember Josh and I were in Guitar Lab together, and we would 
we would jam on stuff and we we worked at the movie theater together and of course I was already in a band with Chad and I think really the theory was just something we wanted to do kind of as a lark it was like hey you know Chad sings in the band I mean now why don't you play bass and and okay why don't we do this thing we'll put out a demo tape and we just wanted to do like a three song demo and play a couple local shows and they didn't, you know, they, we didn't know who was going to sing. And I was like, well, I've never really sang, but I, I guess I'll sing. And so it wasn't, we didn't take it seriously. And, and it wasn't really supposed to be anything that we continued to do. And so we were basically just influenced by, you know, bands like, at that point in time, it was, it was bands like Sensefield and Texas is the Reason and stuff like early, early 90s. Uh, post-hardcore kind of rock and game face stuff like that that never really got its due and that's just i guess that's what we were kind of just trying to do a light-hearted fun like post-punk kind of band so was it always like to you was it always just kind of a stepping stone to get to something else no it it it, it wasn't because well when it started out again it, it wasn't serious so it, we didn't have any pressure we didn't really make any big deal about it we we didn't really think it was anything serious until we signed our first record deal and then it was like oh i guess this should be a serious thing and, and you know we should go on tour and and everything but at that point then it became pretty much my singular focus as far as career wise is concerned that's pretty much all i worked on almost to a fault and so no i, I didn't look at it as as a means to anything else i just looked at it as this is my friends and we're in a band together and we're going to do it till we can't do it anymore, I guess. Do you have a, a favorite record of the Juliana theory? By any chance? <laughs> well, I have good experiences and memories from all of them. I have songs that I dislike on all of them and songs that I like on all of them. Um, it's hard to say it would, it would probably either be emotion is dead or our last record deadbeat. Um, it's one of those two for, for vastly different reasons, but yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah, they're they're very different albums, but um, is it true you recorded Deadbeat uh, like live? We did for the most part. We we definitely recorded almost all the music live. Everybody playing in the same room. There were some guitar overdubs, but d- musically it was for the most part all in the room together playing at the same time, which you know that sounds counterintuitive like well no doubt why wouldn't you make a record that way but up until that point we had always made records you do the drums first and then you do the bass and then you do the guitar and it's like this this you know slow process of like being in a assembly line or something factory but then then it was like wow why don't we actually make a record like be are a band and we play in a room together so yeah, yeah. And, and you can tell too it's very raw very sounding rocks. Losing you a little bit. Oh, really? Oh. There you are. You're back. <laughs> um, yeah, Deadbeat is just really raw sounding. Like, there's just a more of an energy to it than the other albums. Uh, yeah, it's just a fantastic album. Thank you. <laughs> um, with Emotion is Dead, I feel... Well, actually, with most of your music, with between that and all the way up to the Bird and Tangle, I feel like your music is really cinematic. Like, I don't know if that's actually something you were going for, but like, I've always wanted to use um, You Always Say Goodnight in like something I shot. Because I feel like that is such a epic song that I think it would fit into anything. Is that something like you're aware of, like how cinematic your music is? Um, 
I think that well, that's a really good question. And it's hard for me to answer that. I think more than anything else, whenever the band wrote music and, and whenever I write music on my own, I try to make something that can move you in a way. And, and man, that sounds so pretentious. I feel like I'm watching Spinal <laughs> Tap right now saying that. But um, no, just honestly, like, I don't know. That's that's a really good question. It, I guess it just depends. It just depends what I'm working on. But obviously, the the combination of music with picture is, of course, uh, I don't know. I think that's a that's a really good art form. And I, I feel like anytime music can make you picture things, or anytime music can make you um, envision things, then I think that's a great thing. I mean, uh, m- my wife is a photographer and a and a painter. A, a visual artist and she gets almost all her inspiration for her art from music which I always find that to be fascinating as a not really a graphic artist and really as a musician to to see that she listens to music and sees art from it I always find that really intriguing so I guess there's some type of tie in you know music music kind of moves you in a, in an artistic way so I don't know. I guess that's just a good compliment you gave me. So I really, really don't know how to answer that, but I take that as a compliment. Well, you I should. I mean, I just a lot of the songs on all the Julian Theory albums up until Burn the Tango are just so epic sounding to me. Like I can own on You Always Say Goodnight. It's like probably my, one of my favorite songs ever, that song. And it just it builds to such a climax at the end that I just, I don't know. I can see someone like running in slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> We just wanted to be Pink Floyd on that song, so. Oh yeah, definitely. You can you can feel that. And I, I I don't know. I just love that song like a lot. Thank you. Um, it see that's why I wanted to ask about the film scores, just because I thought that it was a natural transition for you. Like when I heard you were doing a film score, I was like, oh, that, that makes perfect sense then. That's cool. Yeah, um, something I just kind of fell into on accident. Wasn't really a, a trying to score films. And I mean, I thought about it a little bit, but I, I never really put much stock into it. But it just so happens that one of my best friends is a director and a screenwriter, and he just directed a movie. It's coming out on Paramount, and he asked me to do the music for it. And, and I ended up doing it with my partner, Ben Romans, who we write a bunch of stuff together, and we did the score together. But yeah, it just... Uh, what kind of yeah. score is it, if you don't mind me asking? Well, it's a... It's a um, it's a frightening movie. It's like a, it's kind of, it's similar in genre to paranormal activity. It's called The Devil Inside. And so more or less, it's just um, dark, brooding, um, scary kind of film score, kind of, yeah, uh, stuff like that. Do you have any film scores that you like modeled it after? Not copied, obviously, but just like they, that maybe you went and watched a bunch of horror movies and just like got a feel, you know? Well, I didn't try to take too much stuff from any from anything else. I, I remember actually the first thing that we turned in, um, Brent, the director, said it, it was too musical, which is funny because uh, in all my life, nobody's ever told me anything was too musical before, but that's the difference with with making music for a movie and just making a record. And so, of course, there's a learning curve, and, and I'm, I have a lot more to learn in that world. But it needed to be really simple and stark and and raw and just kind of uh, creepy. And 
I think one of the things that I took as a inspiration in some ways, though I don't think you'd really hear it, is um, really like when the uh, what's it called? Uh, there will be blood. You know the, uh, the Johnny the, Greenwood score. There will be blood. Yep. Yeah, I, I thought that's a really just, just it's pretty creepy. So I didn't try to be too horror with it. it didn't try to make it too cliche with anything. But there's some like ghostly female vocals and just a lot of stark weird raw like feedback kind of weird sounds so it's not really it's not songy at all even though there is a fantastic if i can say this fantastic because i'm really proud of it cover of in excesses the devil inside that sounds absolutely nothing like the original that may or may not make the final cut of the movie and if it doesn't make the final cut then i'm going to figure out how to just release it because it's like we turned it into a three four waltz and oh, made awesome. it made it like really, really um, kind of cinematic and yeah. If you're talking about cinematic, we did a really cinematic version of that song, which I thought was really cool. But who knows? I don't know if it'll see the light of day or not. That's, you know how that is. That's awesome. Do you know when that movie will be released anywhere for anyone? Um, it, it's going to be everywhere when it comes out. Um, I know you'll be able to see it because it, it, it's getting an international and wide release. But the date is still up in the air. But it. It's, uh, yeah, it'll be coming at some point. That's awesome. I can't wait to see it. Do you have, like, any, like, particular favorite film scores? Like, I know you mentioned There Will Be Blood, which is an amazing score. Man. I'm really a sucker for, uh, I'm really a sucker for the spaghetti westerns, the stuff that Ennio Morricone did, mm-hmm. um, you know, movies like, obviously, the any of the Man With No Name trilogy so, fistful of dollars for a few dollars more. Good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, Once upon a time in the West. Um, you know, a lot of those movies. Uh, I'm definitely a sucker for that kind of stuff. And I really love, really understated, not even score stuff, but a lot of the Tarantino stuff, which is really just music supervision. Just him getting a bunch of cool tracks and and putting them in in interesting ways. I'm, I'm really into. I guess that's my song side coming out, but but I I love that kind of stuff too. Yeah, he he's one of the best when it comes to just scoring a movie without really a score. Like Inglorious Bastards has like bits of everything in it, even so much as a Bowie song, but everything fits. I don't know how he does it. Yeah, it's uh, he's good. He he knows <laughs> his stuff. He's really good. Um, this is back actually just I think after Juliana Theory I had a question about whatever happened with that Bellasana. Was that um, something? It's just one of those things that it didn't... Um, we did a couple songs, and it was cool, and Chris is an awesome dude, but uh, just it's just bad timing, logistics. Um, you know, I, that was in my period of... That was right in my period of I quit music, I don't believe in myself as a writer, because, you know, I, I really went through that for about three years where... I didn't really feel like I was a musician. I didn't feel like I was a songwriter. I didn't. I felt like I was a failure as as a writer and as a musician. And that kind of happened in in there. And I didn't really believe in myself enough to really do any more projects. And I guess you know that's where my record kind of came out of that that experience too. But yeah. What was the process of uh, writing? Writing for the thing. For the thing. Sorry, I'm losing you again. Oh, it's weird because I can hear myself when I start doing that. <laughs> um, what was the process of writing Burn the Tangle like? 
Bird in the Tangle, writing it was really um, it was really simple because I didn't really have any plans. I didn't know if I was going to do a record. I didn't really think I was going to do a record. I didn't I didn't really know what was going to happen. I just had this little tape recorder and um, and this little digital tape recorder, and I would sort of bring it with me sometimes, but I knew it was sitting around my house, and I just had an acoustic guitar sitting around, and sometimes I would just write a song quickly, and then I would record it into that thing, and then I wouldn't listen to it again. And um, that's really how I wrote the whole record. Not really a whole lot of big plans like you know what it needed to be or what it would be i just kind of wrote the songs and then at some point later i realized that it kind of felt like a record and i should probably try to make a record and pick the best songs out of the bunch so i just went back to the recorder and listened back there were probably 40 or 50 different unfinished song ideas half songs full songs and just kind of put them together and figured out what the record was out of it i guess uh, what was the like idea behind releasing it for free first? Is it still free on the website? It is still free, yeah. Um, the idea with releasing it for free was, first of all, I knew that I was doing something really different than I'd ever done in the past, and I wanted people to give it a chance. And I knew that if not really worried about quote-unquote new fans, the people that didn't know who I was, but anybody who knew what I was before and if they heard, oh, Brett made a folk record, he made this country record, they might not give it a chance if it was nine ninety nine in iTunes, but they're going to be more willing to give it a chance if it's like you can download it for free. And not only can you get it for free, but you don't even have to go to the torrent site, so you don't have to go and look to pirate it from somebody. You can come straight to me. I'll give you the record. You can have it for free. Listen to it. If you don't like it, cool. But here it is. And so I was kind of doing the drug dealer approach, just <laughs> let let people have it. And, and if it, they end up sitting with it and end up liking it, then at some point down the road, hey, maybe they'll come back and buy a vinyl LP. Or maybe uh, when I go on tour, they'll come to shows. Or maybe, you know, down the road, they'll they'll continue to be a fan. And so I just kind of know that the music industry is changing and to to kind of keep up with the times you you can't think in the box that we we thought in the past you kind of have to try to take things into your own hands and so i just figured let's just put this record out there and make it easy for people to get straight from me without having to work too hard so have you had a uh, have you had a good response to it i've had a really good response i was i've been continually surprised by how good the response has been i didn't expect I didn't expect it to be as positive as it has been. Uh, I expected more people to be shocked or totally put off by such different instrumentation, song structures, you know, vocal style and everything else. But for the most part, it's been amazingly positive. So I've been really pleased. Well, I, I know I was shocked when I first listened to it, but I was shocked at how, like, it was just, it's a very beautiful album. It was in my top ten of the year, and, like, I had nothing but kind things to say about it just because it's just, like I said, it's just, a, it's a beautiful album. I was listening to it while I was flying to Florida, and I don't know, it's just a good experience to fly while listening to that album. 
I suggest everyone should do it. I haven't tried that yet. Thank you. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's great. Do you do you plan on releasing another one now that this one is kind of you know surprise everyone? Um, yeah, definitely. I've already written a good portion of what what could be or would be the next record. I'm just kind of um, waiting for the right time to do the next to do the next thing. But yeah, definitely. Um, I kind of see this as kind of music that I can continue to make till I'm an old man and and that's the cool thing about roots music is that you can get better with age you know you look at somebody like Chris Christopherson his last two records were great uh Levon Helms last couple records were great you know Towns Van Zant whose birthday is today he was making fantastic records up until shortly before he died and that's that's the cool thing you, you don't really lose dignity like a rock band that's trying to hold on when they're 65 years old but you can you can um you know write this kind of music and get better with age it kind of seasons with age so i feel like i can do this whenever i get the urge anytime uh where'd the uh cover come from lost you again oh sorry <laughs> i don't know what happens after you talk i lose me um where'd the cover come from because i love the album cover Oh, uh, well, it's just the whole artwork was just something that I just really spent a lot of time trying to come up with something that looks like it would match my record collection in my house, honestly. <laughs> I have a ton of vinyls on display in my living room. I got this big record rack, and it's mostly stuff that's a minimum of 40 years old. And I just looked at a lot of those records and, and kind of said, you know, I wanted something that felt like it, it fit you know, fit in that space and wouldn't look too out of place. So just kind of going with that vibe. Yeah, it would definitely fit with anything because, I don't know, it's a beautiful cover. Um, and you mentioned touring, so are you are planning to tour? Yeah, I definitely want to for sure. It's just a matter of it's a, just a matter of the right opportunity and, and the right time to do it. But, yeah, I've, I've been definitely been planning on it. And I hope I can count on you coming to Massachusetts. That would be great. I'd love to. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. I haven't seen you. I had tickets to go to the Juliana Theory reunion, but something came up that weekend in New York City, and I couldn't go. So uh, it'd be great if you could come around again. I'd <laughs> love to. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, that was really all I wanted to talk about. Um, is there anything that you wanted to say, add? I know I already said it, but anybody who's listening can get my record for free at brettdetter.com. All you got to do is put in your email address so I know where to send it and I'll send you my record. And you're on the Twitter and stuff too, right? I am on all of that stuff. Excellent. Uh, well, I just want to thank you so much for being on the show because I've really wanted to have you on and talk about your incredible album. Thank you so much, Todd. Uh, so uh, we'll help you talk to you soon. You take care.